Reading FC departed the FA Cup once more without the glory of silverware, but instead, perhaps, with honour and pride at giving Manchester United a proper game at Old Trafford, falling 3-1 in front of 3,000 away fans on a Saturday night TV fixture. Welcome to the Tarless Den Podcast, episode 235, the podcast by Reading fans for Reading fans. I'm your host, Mark Mayo. As per usual, joining me this week to talk about, well, it was a, 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 a cup trip that is a bit different and yet also a bit more of the same given that we've been there a few times uh, in recent years is uh, Ross Weber of the Tarless and website. How's it going, mate? Yeah, doing really well, thanks. Excited to be uh, chatting Reading this morning. And it's always a little fun when you're uh, you're not writing things like um, you know, like jokes or whatever in your match reports. You're writing Casemiro and and Anthony, so it should be fun to to chat about how Reading got on against the the top today. Yeah, definitely. It's got always got to be remembered when we talk about this uh, this performance and everything. We are genuinely playing one of the best clubs, probably in Europe at the moment um, for this game. This isn't the Man United of of you know a few years back or last year even where they're a bit of a joke team this actually is a you know I've watched United a bit this year for my work and they're genuinely a good team so Reading come over the 3-1 I think the topic of this podcast will be working out whether that's actually not a bad result or you know we've got a good mailbag later coming up talking about whether we'd have taken the result beforehand bit of news bites updating you on what's going on with the club some nice under 21s games coming up uh, which we'll be letting you know about and big match preview finishing off with Watford next week. So as always, a thank you to our sponsors, ZCZ Films, and our Patreon subscribers as we go into the recap. Come rain or shine, it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap. This podcast is sponsored by ZCZ Films, Reading's oldest ultras. So where do we start then with this 3-1 defeat at Man United? Well, the first half... I think it was, was about as good as anyone really could have hoped for. Reading had a chance and we kept a clean sheet. I think if you'd have offered that to any fans, we'd have definitely taken it for the first half. Not really kind of... I mean, this is the question I want to ask Ross is, for the first half in particular, before we conceded, so the first kind of 55 minutes of the game, did we defend well or were we maybe just a little bit lucky that United didn't you know, take a chance or anything? We had a, quite a few good blocks in, Tom Holmes in particular. Marcus Rashford had a goal ruled out for a bit of a lucky offside. I mean, he was far mm. too open at the far post, let's face it. That, you know, that should have been a, you know, that would have been a goal had VAR not in, you know, in the championship, that would have been a goal, for example, yeah. no VAR there. So what did you think of, of our kind of opening kind of 50 minutes before the first goal? But did we actually play quite well, maybe? I think that it was a uh, it was a great advertisement for Tom Holmes. Not that I want anybody to um, take us up on that advertisement. Obviously, I, I'm hoping that Tom Holmes will still be with us on February first. Um, yeah, I, I think that it was an interesting performance. We blocked up the central lanes very well, and um, when United weren't in our final third, you could see the the kind of flat back five um, for for large periods of the of the first half. Um, so, I mean, Reading are really trying to block basically anything, um, keeping most shots to the outside of the box, which was yeah, working okay in the first half. Um, and then I think that when United were able to get through in those central spaces, um, perhaps it was Veghorst um, getting the better physically of Holmes or McIntyre or Anthony going, being a little bit too quick um, for Rahman down the down his right wing. So not a bad first half from Reading, um, but 
they 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 other than the Hoylet chance right at the end, um, they they struggle to to really look like they might create anything. So um, good first half performance because they needed to get in with the game still, um, you know, there for the taking, so to speak, in the second half. But uh, yeah, would have been. I, I think maybe uh, a little bit more expansive would have been nice to see. Yeah, we've actually in the mailbag, we've got a lot of questions about the front two, Carol and Jao. So I'll save myself for that. But in terms of the, in terms of that chance, I mean, yeah, Rahman does really well to, uh, to forge that chance, yeah. actually. And it's a little bit of a defensive mistake and Hoyler. I mean, I guess he, he would want to have done better. It's kind of straight at the goalie, but it is a bit of a snapshot as he's kind of falling down. And yeah, the first half, I think everyone would have accepted that that's, that's a good performance and that we kind of, we move forward and, and see if we can create anything. Reading, ultimately collapsed in a kind of I mean collapse might even be harsh this is still what I'm trying to wrestle with really is that you know United scored three goals in what was it like I think all the goals were in about 15 minutes of each other the first one Casemiro I mean Loom Loom loses his man there's no doubt about it Anthony cuts inside and generally speaking when Anthony cuts inside in any game you can just be fine with it because he's usually just going to shoot off target but actually (laughs) plays the pass Um, and I think it was disappointing because United you know Loom is there to shut out these chances and Casemiro scores. I suppose the the positive thing you could say about the first goal is that, I mean, Casemiro's Casemiro's role in that team is not to score goals, is it? He's not meant to be bombing on into the box. And the fact that he has to bomb into the box to break the deadlock, it's a risk, obviously. I mean, it's just in general football terms. If your anchor man, your defence midfielder is attacking, you're you're more vulnerable to the counter-attack. That's just kind of how it works. I mean, that's less of a risk against a team that is not as good at counter-attacking, i.e. like last night. But... The fact that that is the they had to play an extra card, if that makes sense. It wasn't just yeah. a case of knocking it into the striker and he finishes it off like a standard goal. They had to make an extra risk. It pays off, obviously. I mean, it's a it's a hell of a finish, isn't it? Really, let's face it. it. Really it's is. not. It's not as if it's a you know a bit of a what what should the keeper have done? I mean, the keepers can't really go into one on ones expecting to be chipped. Otherwise, they'll just roll it past them every single time. So, what was your perspective yeah. on the first goal? Was it a bit disappointing, or one of those we can kind of chalk off? There's a um, there's a really common saying in in the NFL um, that the or, or it's a really it's a real common thing for it to happen that the the coach will take away a team's best um, offensive option so they'll take away their best wide receiver or something like that um, and I think the Reading did a reasonably good job of focusing their attention on just trying to keep Rashford and Anthony at least to the sides of the box if you know if they were getting to the box um and you know you you keep an eye on the 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 pacey strikers the pacey wingers and then you get beat by the you know the anchor man like you're saying and I mean Casemiro is just having a great great little period right now i mean it is a good pass from anthony um but he's still got the redding player almost on his back and he still has the you know composure to to chip lumley so maybe lumley um went down a little early that that was pointed out on the uh the broadcast that i was watching but yeah i mean if you get beat by if you get beat by a, a chip like that after almost 60 minutes then sometimes sometimes it's gonna happen yeah, I think so. The, the other goals, I mean, it's uh, one of my 
pet hates about football in general is when a goal gets scored from, you know, 30 yards out, like Casemiro's second goal, and it clearly takes a deflection. And the commentator spends about four minutes going, what an amazing finish. It had the curl. It had an unnatural curl on it or whatever. How have they managed to do that? And I'm like, because it took a massive deflection. And that's what happened for the second goal. And it, it is a little bit, it grinds my gears, as I said, like a bit of a pet hate. But I think that that's kind of something that Reading just have to maybe take as a little bit as a positive that the only way United scored, and yes, they did score three, was, you know, this kind of unusual play from a good, a world-class player for the last decade and he makes a good finish, a deflection for the second and the third goal. I mean, again, it's, he's unmarked his thread, but it's a, it's a really tidy finish and it's probably just one of those that if, you know, if Stoke do that to you, you probably think, oh, what an absolute joke this is. They, you know, what, what are Stoke doing to us? And we're, we're making them look amazing or whatever. But kind of when Man United do it to you, and I'm not, I'm not a fan who is like in awe of big six clubs or anything. I'm kind of very anti that in a lot of ways, but just as a fact that they are playing very well at the moment, they had a really good spell in the game. A couple of things went their way and, and went against us. And that's, and you know, that's the, that's the quality that they have. A player like Fred can make that sort of finish. And I guess, I don't know, was there anything that you maybe thought that we could have done better in that? Or was it just one of those we hold our hands up to again? Tricky. Cause you know, they came, like you're saying in, in short succession and that does, um, you know, give you horrible flashbacks of some of the collapses Reading have endured this season. Um, I, I think that it perhaps would have been nice to see a little more intent from Reading after the, you know, the first goal. Oh no, see, they, they, it was so quick afterwards. I, it's difficult to say. It's very difficult to say. And I think that um, one of the positives is that while the attack wasn't really firing yesterday and, and didn't really give us much of a chance to, uh, to properly force that to a replay or something, a lot of the defense um definitely the academy toms they really stood up and they weren't overawed by uh the occasion they weren't overawed by the players that they were playing they just put in a shift so um that's really good to see you know the the grit the off the ball uh systems that paul linton and alex ray put in place in the last year um they they carried through to this game so that was at least encouraging it would have been nice to see a little bit more attacking intent but um, I think it was a reasonably encouraging performance. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll ask for our kind of summary of the performance in a second, but I think we will obviously get a mention in for Amadou and Benge with the goal uh, about 15 minutes from the end. Nice little header from a corner. Lose completely loses his marker, although that is Anthony, so he's obviously not going to be a yeah. great marker of, of corners, is he? So very, <laughs> you know, great to see Benge get the goal. Um, and our first in almost a decade at Man United uh, in three games I think we've been nilled by them so it's Joby McEnough with the last one in an FA Cup game actually quite late on as a bit of a consolation so a bit of a theme with those goals when we do score yeah. United but uh, yeah no it, it was a great moment it was it, I, I remember talking on the podcast last week about I think the last two times that we went to United in the FA Cup, we didn't have a quote-unquote moment, you know, something to cling on to as to, oh, if that would have changed, whatever. And I think the Hoylet chance is definitely one. And the Mbenge goal is actually a proper moment that we had. And yeah, I don't like to be in awe of these sort of teams or anything, but it is important for the fans who go to the go to, go to the game and everything and get to see a goal, particularly 
and it's a little bit of a cliche, but particularly for like the kids and everything for for a young yeah. fan who's going to. I know that uh, Ben Thomas, who does this podcast with me a lot of the time, is a uh, his young lad went to a, his first away game and everything uh, yesterday, and getting to see Reading score at Old Trafford, you can't you can't kind of it'd be a bit too humbug to kind of shrug it off and say it doesn't matter because he's a consolation. So it was a really good moment, wasn't it? Yeah, I do agree. I, I definitely agree. I was having that thought about uh, 20 minutes from the end, like oh, if we go down, you know, two or three and we don't score again, like it was a few years ago when we had Lewis Baker and Callum Harriet and, and others um, playing against United, then it would have been a real shame because you don't have anything to remember from the moment. Nice for Cheeseburger to get his, uh, to get his header. And yeah, he really was in about an acre of space there. So um yeah, it's difficult again because you don't want to sit here and be like, oh, isn't it great that we scored a goal because you want to win the game. Um, the 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 only way in which we were going to win that game is if Hoyland's chance goes in at the end of that half uh, and, and Reading are able to put together another solid defensive half. So I think... You, like you, you, you're exactly right. That story with Ben and his and his kid. Like you gotta. Um, th- these are moments that, uh, especially the the younger fans are gonna remember. So, um, yeah, nice to have something like that. Yeah. So my final question then for this game is: Did we hit par? Did we meet our expectations of this game? Did we put in the mo- most importantly the performance? I mean, the result is the result for as we've gone over for various reasons that mainly are United based rather than us based. So did we hit par? Were we a little bit above or below maybe? I think in terms of the performance, we probably were a little bit above par for our performance, but the result I think is probably on par is generally speaking for how it should have gone. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think that's about right. I think that I'm going to say everybody other than Andrew Carroll um, was up to par. Uh, I think that Carroll's red card was obviously a real shame, um, a little disappointing from a, from a player who should know better than uh, getting two and and he could have had a third uh, yellow card quickly. So um, I think that outside of that, nobody in a Reading shirt really did themselves a huge disservice. Um, and, and that's such like I said, that's, that's good to see. It's good to see our players that we see playing against Rotherham and Birmingham and all of these kinds of clubs also putting up a good performance against, uh, Manchester United. Um, and maybe the team played a little bit better, uh, going forward after Carroll was, uh, well, after Carroll removed himself. So, uh, something to consider there. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's hear from Paul Ince and uh, we'll come back in just a moment with the mailbag and hear from you guys out on the uh, Twitter and the Facebook. This is things that should inspire you as a player, you know, to make you go forward, to make you be positive, to make you say, listen, you know, we've got 18 games to go. We've got to keep going because this game today gives us a lot of confidence that we can mix it with anybody, especially after the 4-0 against Stoke. And it's great for Amadou to get a goal. You know, she had the second one, Ty should have scored. Thomas has absolutely brilliant down the right-hand side. Um, again, Thomas played very well. Again, again, you see the level that he's at. You know, he's a very good player. And I said to Ty, "Yeah, Old Trafford, shoot, shoot, just shoot. You've got chances going Old Trafford, shoot." You know, and um, and he didn't. Took too many touches. So that could have been three two. But I mean, it's a sad part. Of this was to send it off. You know, uh, I think the first one, the referee couldn't wait to get his card out. I mean, the linesman's not flagged. The Man United players have walked up. This was a goal kick. Uh, and the referee couldn't wait to get his flag out. It was, it was an embarrassing decision. Keep up to date with all things Reading FC. Follow the Tilehurst End on Facebook and Twitter. 
So we've got a few questions this week and some topics we've not really touched on yet. Uh, Benjamin Vickers saying, would you have taken a 3-1 defeat before the game? Uh, I don't think I would have because this isn't, I mean, in a league context, you can kind of say, oh, goal difference or whatever, you know, could have been worse. But I think in an FA Cup context, yes, obviously I really wouldn't have wanted to get beat 8-0 if that's the alternative. But I never really, you know, I thought 4-0 was kind of where it was going to go and 4-0 to 3-1 isn't a huge amount of difference. Would I have taken it before the game? Probably not because you, I think in a cup game, you just have to play play that 1% roll of the dice maybe and see if you can nab a draw or even a win or something. I don't know if you would, uh, it's it's a bit, I think it's because it's a cup game that I probably wouldn't. I don't know if you'd agree, Ross. No, I'm with you. Yeah, I would have. Uh, the minimum I would have taken at the start of the game uh, was a was a draw to bring them back to the you know to Fortress SCL and uh, you know pick up the. I mean, so, so hopefully you know like we'll pick up a little bit of money off this draw um, and and picking up a replay might have led to to more of that. So the kind of that was kind of partly where my mind was, but no, I wanted a a, a one nil win. I'm, I'm surrounded by a few Manchester United fans over here in the states including a few on my uh on my sunday league team so uh no i wanted to be able to lord it over them for sure but uh no not a bad performance yeah that's uh, on the money front i'm pretty sure is it 40 percent? is it the split of the tickets for the away fans if you're i mean quite often clubs you know for if you're the bigger club is the away they'll forfeit that or something but um yeah reading will, will make a We'll make a good money, good amount of money out of this, which is important as well um, exactly. for a club that very occasionally, I mean, I don't think we mentioned it on the podcast when they supposedly didn't pay the wages in time or whatever a few months ago. But yeah, it's, it's just make sure. Keeps things ticking over, which is good. Um, exactly. I don't think ICV4 paid us much money mind for, for those rights. Um, Dan saying, what does Shane Long have to do to get into the 11? Very much a theme we had last week when we were talking about players like Mbenge who weren't able to to force their way in. And obviously Mbenge didn't start this week. Shane Long off the bench. And yeah, I think that my full thoughts on this, I mean, we've got a few, few questions on this. Andy saying, can we cancel Cal's contract? Matthew saying... <laughs> um, what would we would we have been any worse if Raman and Zhao were switched in that game? Has uh, today shown why Lucas Zhao should be offloaded? Is what Luke Rogers saying? He's a brilliant finisher, but I'm definitely coming round to the position that he just doesn't do enough else on the pitch. For what we need, could we have been um, much, or would we have been much better off with an extra midfielder and Cowell up top on his own? And I, I think that on the front too. Before you know, before the game, I was genuinely happy to see Andy Carroll starting. I didn't think he was going to. I thought he was going to provide that now, split of experience and everything, and that'd be great. Not really how it worked out. Him and Zhao up front together, we I was baffled to see Zhao up front with him because he's not really a counter-attacking player, Zhao. He can hold up the ball okay but he's really he's really gone off the boil it's a, i mean it's sad in a way and it, it maybe it's ref, it's a relief for reading fans that his contract is up in the summer because if he'd been playing amazingly we obviously wouldn't be keeping him and i don't think we are going to be keeping him anyway because he's probably one of the higher earners and he's just not been playing well enough so to see carol and Zhao up front was a bit confusing Shane Long and Carol I'd have been very happy because again experience now to know what they're doing and stuff i would have Yakimate has not been playing brilliantly, even though he is a bit of a fan favourite. You know what you're going to get. He's not a bad player by any stretch, but he's very streaky and he's not on a streak at the moment. The only other player that I was actually thinking for kind of a wild card start up front was Femi Aziz because mm. he will offer you, you know, obviously Yakimate will as well, but he will offer you lightning pace. 
and is a you know just as someone else that United won't really have known very much about and could be one of those you know magic FA Cup stories. So I don't know. What do you think on the? Obviously, the mailbag is a bit of a representation that the fans were not happy with Zhao and Cowell up front. What what did you make of them? Um, so I, I think that Jao's, hmm, yeah, Jao's difficult, isn't he? He's, he's really not built to play in the, in the style that Poland's wants out of his team at the moment. Um, now that said, I think that one of the other comments touched on posh, uh, part of what the, what the issue is. And they said, um, would we have been better off switching, uh, a striker for a midfielder in that game? I think that's part of the issue is that we're getting nothing creatively um, from Loom and Hendrick in the middle. So Carol and Jao pretty static yesterday. Carol obviously disappointing, and and Jao just it's, it's it is it is a real shame. It's it's difficult to remember a, um, a good game from from Jao in recent history, but they're getting precious precious little um creatively uh loom played more passes into the final third than hendrick yesterday um and and that's actually a trend that we've seen a few times um in, in recent months so you know loom not a player that i think of as a progressive passer at all there to be a destroyer and yet he's giving us more uh in terms of pushing the ball forward than hendrick so i think that's a lot i think a lot of the attacking issues start there um hopefully this this casa day kid coming in can maybe make a difference to that um but my only other suggestion there and i do like the aziz one um perhaps if Jao is going to be staying um, at least through the rest of the season, I'd like to see them try and get Jao and Mete playing together a little bit again, similar to how they played together um, in the early stages of, of Pauno's tenure, just to see if we can still get anything out of Jao. Um, but if not, yeah, I mean, Shane Long, you know, he must be wondering what does he have to do to get in the team? I agree. Yeah, one other player that, as I mentioned, John Bossing saying is Baba Rahman, the worst ever Reading left back. And I think that this kind of links in with um with JP saying, how many int signings would you say have actually been good this season? Um, although I wouldn't personally call them int signings because I really think these are Mark Bowen, Paul Carey signings. I think Ince is a is a coach, really, isn't he? He's probably just waiting for for players to land at his at his desk and then he'll he'll, he'll make them work. So I think the I think we've talked about Baba Raman a couple of weeks ago, and I really think he's a bit of a spent force at this level. I don't think that he'll be in English football next season when his Chelsea contract has expired, and and yeah, I, I can't see a Championship team taking him. Obviously, a Premier League team won't take him. So it's just what it is at the moment. Whether we're going to keep with Guinness Walker for next season or not um, is another question. Because if we are, he's probably won in the last. You know, maybe maybe haven't given him a bit more of a run out. I mean, I'm not a massive Guinness Walker fan either, to be honest. So it just is what it is, I guess, for left back. And in terms of signings that have been good, Rahman probably isn't one of them. Hutchinson, Long, and Bengay and Lumley were the players that I've marked out. But I, I mean, what do you what do you reckon on Rahman then? Is he is is he just why why isn't he basically any better? Is he is it defensively? Is it offensively? Or I kind of think it's just a bit of everything. It is a little bit of everything. I'm not as negative on Baba as some um, because I do think that when he does make defensive mistakes, which he undoubtedly does, he does at least have the pace to um, recover 
Um, like I feel like we see a lot of second tackles from Raman. So Raman's really tricky. I, I like to look at the the stats a lot when we're writing articles and things like that. And Raman never does that poorly in that regard. Um, so while he has notable moments in games where he'll let people through like a sliding door, um, he also has things that go unnoticed. I do think that Raman's been picked on a little bit um this season um there are some uh that have certainly run with the the notion that he's that he's awful i can't see him staying with us for another season i don't think he's as terrible uh as some have said this season and 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 he did uh he did put in the cross that uh eventually found hoylet um for for his chance right at the end of the first half yesterday and he did get forward uh, i would say more i thought he had a better performance than than hoylet on the opposite wing back uh role yesterday so yeah raman's probably not coming back next season and and the left back position's going to be up in the air again but um i don't know i i think we can do worse than raman this season but that might be an unpopular opinion yeah, well, it's certainly one for the summer because I mean we've not really spoken about it yet because it's not really on our on our agenda just yet. But there's going to be a lot of positions like that that are going to have to have a bit of a refresh once again in the summer. Um, well, let's get into news bites and actually talk about some transfer news then. For all the latest Reading news, analysis, and opinion, visit the website at thetilehurstend.com. So you mentioned it just a minute ago, then Ross Cesare Cassaday is a supposedly. Um, quote unquote, after the weekend, going to be signing for Reading. Well, we're doing this on Sunday lunchtime, so it's not happened yet. Italian under 21 international, really highly rated in Italy. I think about 12 million pounds or something that he cost Chelsea to move over from Inter Milan. Um, not made a senior appearance for either, but I mean, very, yeah, very highly rated player, mid- midfielder. Um, he scored quite a few goals, scored five goals in 13 games for Chelsea this year. Um, well, for Chelsea's kids, should I say, the under-21s. He was playing on the weekend, actually. He played against West Ham on the weekend. So he's fit, he's ready to go. Um, the interesting one with this, Ross, is that we're under a transfer embargo, which means we can't fill over our 25-man championship squad, uh, which is currently full. We also can only have five low knees in a match day squad which we already have five so Therese Fauna, Lumley, Loom, Hendrick and I saw this earlier who's the other one um so we have five players that are all there you know they're all part of the yeah. squad Raman isn't it I didn't mention that did I so you know none of those players are like oh well we'll easily just get rid of x and then that'll solve the problem I guess I, I don't know. This there must be more news to come, I guess, really, because something's yeah. gotta give, hasn't it? And I guess the only player that I can imagine I can't imagine we're gonna send Fauna back to Forest, are we really? Ah, interesting. That's actually so I I have a feeling the other I know the other player you're gonna mention, but that's the only lone player I had a feeling I, I that maybe might go back and and not that Fauna's not been playing well but he hasn't been picked a whole lot in the last couple of months yeah. so that might be something more on the on forest side than ours but but carry on sorry well uh, the player which I imagine you know I'm going to mention is Ovi Ajaria because yep. he is not in the squad at all and has been fully 
exiled basically and let's face it I'm completely with any manager that's going to decide to do that because he's been rubbish and you know we can pussyfoot around oh well he's got potential it's, it's yeah it's it's done it's kind of finished now isn't it as long as Paul Lynch yeah. is manager Ovi is not going to get back into the team Paul Lynch goes for whatever reason next week I still wouldn't trust a manager to come in and be able to get the best out of him so does this indicate that Ovi Jaria's time at the club has come to an end and if so what do we think is going to happen? Is he going to be loaned? Is he going to be allowed to walk for free? I think, has he got six or 18 months left on his contract? Not very much. And his value 18, yeah. Yeah, so his values, I mean, it's not zero. What Letting him walk for free might come back to buy us because he's not, you know, he's got potential to do well somewhere. So what's going to happen? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think a loan to start off with is the way to go. Here. Because, uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about Ajari's potential anymore. We've, we've all done that many times through the last you know, few years. And realistically, we haven't seen it since Fulham away last year. So um, I think a loan, I think uh, just a move where he can actually get some playing time would be good for everyone. That's probably in League One at best at this point i really don't think that ajaria can slot into any championship team at this point um but yeah i mean he's the obvious odd one out isn't he and, and i and i i think there was even a story maybe it was just a rumor earlier this week that he had been told that he could uh move on from the club so yeah i think uh i think the bell's tolling for him a little bit isn't it yeah, the only question that leaves still is that which of the loanees isn't going to be in the squad then? Mm. If we're if we are we going to have a bit of a rot- rotation of kind of Fauna misses out one week and then because Lumley isn't going to miss out, is he? Unless are we about to sign Joe Lumley permanently? Is that going to happen? That's Ooh. plausible, isn't it? Because Middlesbrough aren't going to charge really, are they? I think he's out of contract at the end of the year. So who knows? Maybe that's maybe there's something else. I, I well, I say maybe there has to be something else in the offing here. All I can say is keep your eyes on the Tireless End um, Twitter and blog over the next couple of days because, yeah, something is going to have to happen. Um, and I think, actually, I might have just convinced myself that we're about to sign Joe Lumley permanently. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that's going to happen. Um, just to finish off news by itself, update you on what's going on around the uh, other teams we're talking and I keep doing the podcast before the women team play um annoying which is a bit of annoying for myself but I also kind of want to get the podcast out so later on today they're playing Leicester away in the FA Cup um bottom of the WSL Leicester but still a tricky game uh for a Reading team that aren't much higher so um yeah check in on the Reading FC women's Twitter and also Tyler Stend to see how that one went. It'd be nice to have a little cup run, wouldn't it? Uh, they are away to Liverpool next week in the WSL. Big game, ninth versus 10th. Hopefully get a result up there. The under-21s play Bristol City on Tuesday. They've been drawn against Arsenal in round 16 of the Premier League Cup. That's on Friday. And the Barks and Bucks Cup is back. Lovely little like local away days. These are grounds that there's no way that we get to visit otherwise. And uh, Beaconsfield Town is the latest uh, club to come up on our radar. Monday, February the 13th, we're away to Beaconsfield Town. So it's the under-21s, but they'll be playing the seniors of Beaconsfield. So it will be a competitive game. No doubt about that. And uh, yeah, go get, get yourself down to it. Just down the M40. Not a long way to go. And uh, yeah, hopefully a good little atmosphere 
um for that one and i'm sure the model village i think it's reopened by then um not that i googled that nice. to double check but <laughs> certainly one i always spent a lot of time out as a kid um the under 18s uh beat colchester 4-0 so now they've got cardiff on wednesday they're sixth in the pdl south so not doing too badly in their lower league this year so got a game on saturday we're back to the league action and it's watford let's talk about that in big match preview be loud and be proud and back the boys and make some noise. Come on, you ours. Shout out to this week's podcast sponsor, ZCZ Films, showing that age is no barrier to being a hooli hoop. So 3pm then, Watford at the Select Car Leasing Stadium, February the 4th, Saturday. Nice kickoff. Back to the normal uh, championship routine then, Ross. They were beaten 2-0 by Middlesbrough on the weekend. So they've only won one in four, still in the playoffs. They obviously lost to us in the Cup with uh, both teams making a lot of changes. So this is pretty standard Watford, isn't it? Dangerous players, but I've written down a squad of strangers. And that is, <laughs> I, 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 I look at a Watford team and, you know, I've, obviously follow football fairly strongly and usually can pick out players maybe a little bit obscure to your to your random fan or whatever, not to toot my own horn, but I look at a Watford team these days and I haven't got a clue who half the players are. And I kind of feel like Watford fans might be uh, in the same boat for that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The only, the one that I always pull out um, as potentially dangerous is Ishmael Assar, but I can't work out if, if like you say, that's because he is actually dangerous or just because he's the primary person that I can actually remember on this particular team at the moment. Craig Cathcart, he's still, uh, he's still hanging around there. So, uh, so there's one. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. Are you excited by the fact that uh, Carroll won't be able to play in this particular one? Maybe this is a chance for Shane Long to to get started. Well, yeah, that's that's my my next note on my well, next point on oh, my notes sorry. actually is that Andy Carroll is banned for this game, not for the FA Cup next year, which I think was a rule that was kind of toyed with, is the best I can put it. But it should, I mean, it should mean that Shane Long and Yaku may a or Shane Long and Lucas Shaw can start up front, which I think would be the best idea. And, and Joe Lumley should be fit as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, I I, I think I, I think we can get a, a win here, and 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 now would be a good time. It's been a few. What has it been? Four, or five now since we've we've won. So especially with the uh, the result against QPR going a little bit pear shaped after we took the lead, now would be a good time to pick up a win against Watford. Like you're saying, team of strangers and perhaps not playing as well as we expected them to this season, but they're still a team that if we beat them, we can say. Okay, that's a good momentum changer, and now let's just keep plugging away through the uh, into the spring. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's talk some predictions then to round off the show. I am going to go for a one nil Reading win because we're still a very good team at home in the league. Eight wins out of thirteen. Watford, one of the better away teams. Five wins, five draws, five defeats, but their defence is a little bit shaky. So, yeah, I think. I think that this this genuinely this United game, I genuinely think you could see the way that Paul Lintz was talking after the game was really positive, actually. And I think that when Paul Lintz is positive, it does actually do a bit of a bit of a job actually on the players as well and helps them out. So sure. yeah, I think I'm gonna gonna ride that wave. I'm gonna go with a two one. Uh I'm gonna this is gonna be very similar to to uh, Cardiff a few years back, whereby we take a lead, we look nice and comfortable, and then uh, we have a uh, a funny 20 minutes after we let in a silly goal or something like that. But I'm going to say that for the sake of changing the momentum, we, we hold on for this one and we take the 2-1 win. 
Beautiful. Well, that all sounds very plausible. And then we've got Sunderland away the Saturday after. So we'll be back with the next episode of the Tireless Then podcast after the Watford game, be reviewing that game and looking well, looking back on actually transfer deadline day. And hopefully we'll have a new signing or something will have happened. <laughs> but it's, it feels weird that we've had January and barely even spoken about transfers, but such is life. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back after the Watford game. Ross, always a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, great to be on. Thanks very much. And uh, always fun to talk Reading. Yeah, so we'll be back after the Watford game then. And yeah, it's been an FA Cup weekend that has that familiar edge to it. Man United, we've said it a lot. We go, we end up being drawn against this team a lot. And I really did fancy a cup run this year. So maybe that's my disappointment that it's ended. But it's been something of a graceful exit, we can say. Come on, you ass. Funny how the crowds always leave a trail Even when it's